0: Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast, featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments
1: and episode notes from Uncle Eric. Welcome back, folks, to another exciting episode from the Uncle Eric Presents classic radio series. I am so glad you tuned in again and hope you are enjoying listening to these exciting episodes. Today, we make a visit to Murder at Midnight. Murder at Midnight was an old-time radio show featuring macabre tales of suspense, often with a supernatural twist. It was produced in New York and was syndicated beginning in 1946. Today's episode is titled, The Dead Hand, that originally aired 1946. I also urge you to please visit UncleEric.com to listen to all the currently available radio podcast categories and episodes. There are also hundreds of the old classic detective and mystery television shows you can watch as well they're really fun to watch if you like this episode of murder at midnight please consider buying uncle eric a cup of coffee at the support link below thanks a million now enjoy this great episode with murder at midnight titled the dead hand
2: Now, Murder at Midnight, Tales of Terror and Retribution by one of radio's best-known mystery writers, Robert Newman. Its title, The Dead Hand. The Small Studio Cottage on Dr. Martin Trent's estate. Seated at the piano, alone in the gathering darkness, is Roger Blaine, the famous pianist, and playing as only he can play.
3: Can't you hear me, Lorna? You must hear me, you must come here, now, to me. I'm calling you, Lorna. Calling to you in a way you could never resist. With my music, making your heart beat faster, your breath come quicker.
4: Lorna! Hello, Roger. A- a- am I disturbing you?
3: Always, Lorna.
4: Martin's out. At the hospital, and I heard you playing. So... That's
3: not why you came, Lorna. You came because I called you. Because you promised you'd come and give me your answer.
4: What we talked about last night, my going away with you? R- R- Roger, I-, I must have been mad. I don't know what got into me.
3: Don't you, Lorna? This is what got into you my music. You things I never could tell you in words. Roger,
4: stop. I, I can't think when you play like that. I, I can't leave him. He's my husband. I love him, respect now, him.
3: Can you love a surgical instrument? Can you compare what you feel towards him with what you feel to Now. This minute.
4: No, no it is different. Roger, how can we? He's your friend. It was he that brought you here, gave you the cottage. And haven't I given
3: him anything? Music like this. Music such as no one has ever heard before. Roger, I... Lorna, listen to me. To what I'm saying here. I love you. I need you. It was you who helped me find depths within myself. I never knew existed. You've got to come away with me. You owe it to me. To yourself, to the world. Roger, you please.
4: Want to, you know you want to, and you're going to. Roger, no, I, 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 going I can't. I tell you what. You I... are. All right. Lorna. We can talk to Martin when he gets home tonight. Tell him I, I think. No, Lorna. There'll
3: be no talking, no explaining. My car's outside, and we're leaving right now. music my music was still with me as we drove out through the gates down the highway pulsing throbbing yes i could hear it but could lorna i glanced at her sitting there beside me happy dearest
4: what i i don't know roger you don't know don't
3: you realize what this means lorna i'm playing better than i ever played before and this is only the beginning after my new york concert south america then you're
4: roger are you sure you love me me as a person my sh-
3: oh what do you mean Lorna?
4: i know you've said you do but whenever you've talked about it roger about us you've talked in terms of your music roger are you sure that's not what you love well,
3: of course i'm sure if i didn't have my music if i couldn't play i don't think i could live but I it know. was you You who lifted me to heights I never dreamed of, technically, emotionally...
4: Roger, stop the car, turn around, take me back. What? Take me back.
3: I don't understand.
4: I do, for the first time. With Martin away so much, I was lonely, flattered by your attention. And your music was like a drug, keeping me from thinking. But now I can think. And I know you don't love me, and I don't love you, so... Please, Roger, take me back. No... But, Roger, can't you see this whole thing was a mistake? It was I not don't... a mistake, and I won't take you back. Well, I'm going back, whether you take me or not, and if you won't stop the car... Laura, no, no, they with... go of that
0: break! go of my... that Look out! We're going
3: to... When I opened my eyes, I was in a bare white room in a hospital, standing next to the bed were Lorna and Martin. Hello, Roger. How are you feeling? What? I... I don't know. What happened? You were out driving with Lorna. The car got out of control and you had a smash-up. They rushed you here to the hospital and... Smash well, up. you've been here for two days. Smash-up? Yes, I remember. Are you all right, Lorna?
4: Yes, Roger, I was shaken up. Come on. Oh, a bit.
3: my hand hurts. Especially the fingers. Nothing happened to her, did it, Martin? I've got a concert in a few weeks, you know.
4: Roger, don't stop it.
3: What? What? Why are you looking at me like
4: that? Oh, I...
3: Don't worry about it, Roger. Not now. Well, I've got to know. I've got to see. Roger, please. It's gone. Gone. My hand. My left hand. Martin, what what did you do to me? Roger, I think you know how I feel about you, about your music. You've got to believe me when I tell you there was nothing I could do about it. Nothing. It was your hand or your life. My life. And what is my life without my music? Nothing, worse than nothing, a living death. Why didn't you let me die? Don't say
4: that, Roger. We'll do anything we can. There must be something. Something? There's we... just
3: one thing. You've got to get me another hand. We will, Roger. Hmm. There have been some wonderful developments in prosthetics no. as a result oh, no, of the no. wall. I don't mean an artificial hand. I mean a real hand. What? Roger, you man. No, no, I'm not. You took my hand and you'll get me another one. We'll talk about it some other time. You think next? I'll forget about it, don't you? Don't you? Oh, I, I won't. I say I'm going to have another hand and I will have one. And what's more, you're going to help me get it through here. You're going to help me. I was able to get up and around a few days later. I didn't talk to anyone if I could help it. Because somehow I couldn't ever look at their faces. Only their hands. Big hands and little ones. Long-fingered ones and stubby ones. Yes. They each had two hands. And I... I, to whom my piano meant more than life, had only one. Then, sitting alone one evening, I met Hook. I looked up, and there he was, a small, slight, sharp-featured man.
5: Hello. Nice evening.
3: Yes, I suppose it is.
5: Hey, uh, you mind if I sit down for a couple of minutes? No. I, uh, wouldn't usually bust in on anybody, except that, Well, I'm getting out of here tomorrow, and I feel pretty good about it.
3: Oh, what was wrong with you?
5: A uh, bad heart. i are gonna have to take it easy from now on. It's gonna make it kind of tough in some ways, but... Uh, you don't happen to have a cigarette on you, do you?
4: Well,
3: well yes, I do have. It's a... There... Well, at least I did have. A silver cigarette case. I can't see. Is, uh... Find this it? What? Oh, yeah. Where did you find it? In your pocket. You... It- you mean you you took
1: it we'll be back after a quick break bloody fm presents hometown ghost stories a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles bridges to asylums wandering spirits to demons over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted.
5: Uh, my name's Harris, Joe Harris. You usually call me the hook. Uh, this is my racket. I ran it was until like... Your pickpocket. Well, one of the best in the business. But now with my ticket going bad, I guess I'll have to lay off, except like now for a gag. You didn't mind, did you?
3: Mind? Certainly not. I'm I'm very impressed. Uh, As a matter of fact, do you mind if I look at your hands? Look at them? What for? They're beautiful. As beautiful a pair of hands as I've ever seen. It occurs to me that you... You say that you don't know what you're going to do when you leave the hospital here.
5: Well, I just hadn't thought about it much.
3: Why? I've got a proposition that might... It just might possibly interest you. No kidding. What? Well, I'd rather not discuss it with you here and now, but I expect to be leaving here myself on Friday. If you'd like to come and see me sometime after you that... You say where and when? Well, I've been staying at a little cottage on the Dr. Martin Trent's estate. I'll probably be going back there. How about uh, Saturday night, late, around 11.30? Fine. Okay with me. Then... it's a date. I left him there, hurried right back to my room. I wanted to be alone. Had to be alone, for I was afraid that what was on my mind might show in my face. It certainly
2: was a date. A date with death. A man obsessed, half mad, and his unsuspecting victim. Will both of them still be alive to hear it when the clock strikes 12 for... murder? And now, here is Roger Blaine to continue Murder at Midnight.
3: I did leave the hospital on Friday, went back to the little studio cottage. By Saturday night, my arrangements were completed. They weren't very complicated... I made it clear to Lorna and Martin that I wanted to be alone, and I picked up a length of iron pipe. The pipe I hid inside the piano when I heard footsteps coming down the path. There was a knock on the door. Come in.
5: Hi. Uh, Not too late, am I? No, you're not too late. Hey, pretty nice place you got here.
3: Yes, it is quite nice. Sit down.
5: Oh, thanks. Now, what's this here
3: proposition you want to talk to me about? It's a very simple one. How would you like to make $10,000? What do I have to do? You don't have to do anything. Just (laughs) sell me something. Your left hand.
5: What? (laughs) You're nuts. No, I'm serious.
3: I've got the money
5: right here in cash. Uh, I, I I don't get it. I just don't understand. Look,
3: I'm a musician. I'm a pianist. Or... I was, until I lost my hand. If I can't go on playing, then life doesn't mean anything to me. My own life or anyone else's. But you, how important is your hand to you? Now, an artificial one will do almost as well. And you can live for quite a while on
5: $10,000. You mean you really thought I'd sell you my hand? That you cut it off? I'm getting out of here. Look, wait. Wait, nothing. I said you was nuts, but I didn't really think... Well, what are you going to do with that? Well... No, don't you care. Some way, somehow I'll get you with this. I swear.
3: I'm sorry, Hook. Very sorry. But I have to have it. Uh. I'd rather not go into what happened after that. I I got rid of the body, and then I went to see Martin. You don't look well, Roger. Anything the matter? No, I just came to see you about your promise. My promise? Oh, your debt, whichever you choose to call it. I told you I wanted another hand, that I was going to get another hand, and that you were going to help me. Well, now you can help me. What, what do you mean? Look in here, in this package. See? Good Lord. Where did you get this? It might be better if you didn't ask too many questions. I'm fighting for my life, for more than my life. You took my hand away from me. Well, now you can give me this one. You mean you honestly, seriously think that I can perform an operation of this sort, do a graft, and that after I'm finished, you'll be able to use the hand? Why not? Operations of this sort have been done, haven't they? With other parts of the body? The eye? The cornea, not the eye. And some nerve grafting has been done. But this... Look, Roger, I know what a shock this whole thing has been to you. Know it better than you. You're, you're not a well man. <laughs> a well man? I'm only half alive. And I'd rather be dead than go on living this way. But if I do die, I won't die alone. That's why I brought this along. Roger! God. quick, easy, painless. If you won't do what I want, you die. And so does Lorna. Both of you, along with me. You... You don't give me very much choice. No. All right. You win. Get me the hospital. Even before I became fully conscious, before I opened my eyes, I knew, knew that it had been done, that it wasn't his hand anymore, but mine. Still, there was something wrong. I couldn't analyze what it was at first, but it was there. A feeling that something wasn't quite right. That perhaps it wasn't entirely my hand. I sat up. The hand was a mass of bandages, stiffened with splints. And inside the bandages... Careful, Roger. Don't touch them. Huh? Oh. Martin, I didn't see you. I've been here with you ever since last night. Last night. You mean, I, I... I've been out that long? 24 hours? It was very important that you keep quiet. You've been under sedation. Oh. Oh, yes. Of course. But this isn't the hospital. No. I brought you home with me, back to the house. Oh. I thought it would be best for several reasons. Oh, that's very smart, Martin. We don't want any questions, do we? Not yet. But you did do it, didn't you? What? Uh, oh. Oh, Yes. I knew you would and could. And it's going to work. It is working. I can feel it. Please, Roger. You must be careful with that bandage. Hmm? You can't touch it, move it, disturb it in any way. I won't, Martin. But I don't have to. I tell you, I can feel the fingers moving, even inside this. And in another week or so... We'll see. Yes. We'll see. Got a cigarette, Martin? Of course, I have it right.
1: Hmm. (laughs) That's funny. Hmm?
3: What is it? Well, my cigarette case, it was right here in my breast pocket. I, I must have left it downstairs with the hospital. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I can do it. But... Barton. Yes? I, I think... Yeah. Yeah. Yes, here. Here it is. Under my pillow. What? How did it get there? I don't know. It must have fallen out when you bent over. No. Why are you looking like that? Because I, I think I know how it did get under my pillow. What do you mean? When fingers learn something, a special skill, they don't forget it, ever. Mine never have. Even when I'm not thinking of what I'm doing, they go on playing by themselves. These fingers here, they haven't forgotten either. you understand? I'm afraid I forget I... it. I forget it. I... I'm awfully tired all of a sudden, Martin. Would you mind? No, Roger, I'd like you to get as much rest as possible. There's a friend of mine coming here tomorrow to see you. Another the doctor is fine, Martin. I'll see you in the morning. Yes, I was tired, but that wasn't why I asked Martin to go. This was because I wanted to be alone, because I had to be alone, because I knew now what it was that I'd only sensed before.
1: The hand, Hook's
3: hand, had a will of its own. It had picked Martin's pocket without my even being aware of it. I lay there alone in the darkness after Martin went, not touching the bandages, but flexing the fingers, forcing them to obey my will. I had to do that. I knew I had to do it, because I suspected what might happen. And what did happen proved that I was right. I fell asleep finally. And while I was asleep, I dreamed... I dreamed I was walking down a dark labyrinthine corridor somewhere under the earth.
0: Then...
5: A little closer, Roger. Huh? Just a little closer.
0: Who's there? Who's there?
5: Just me. Waiting for you.
0: (gasps) Hook. Yeah,
5: Hook. I said I'd get you. Well, Out of
3: the darkness came a hand that clutched me by the throat. gripped it Tighter. 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 I fought against it, tried to scream, and woke up. Yes, I woke up, and my waking was more horrible than the dream, for the hand was there, gripping me, by the throat, moaning, exerting every ounce of my strength and will, I fought it off, and pulled it down. I lay there, bathed in a cold sweat, feeling the fingers quivering inside the bandages. My hand or his, I was tied to it now. Tied to a thing that was seeking to destroy me. Shaking convulsively, I leaped out of bed. I ran out into the hall and down the stairs to the living room. The piano, that was the one thing that might save me, save my reason. Seating myself at the piano, I started to play, using only my right hand at first. But I tried to force my left hand, his hand, to join in.
5: Then suddenly, that won't work. No music. Stop it.
3: Stop it. Do you hear it? It's my hand now. It's mine.
5: No, Roger. Never.
3: But it is. I'm stronger than you are.
5: Nothing is stronger than I am. Nothing in the world. And there's no escape. Because we're one now, Roger. And wherever you go, I'll be there too. It's not true. It's not. What? What? What are you doing? Just a little closer no. to the desk, Roger. No. A little closer. That paper knife. No. you can't. But I can, Roger. No. I told you I'd get you somehow, no. some way. No. Put it down. Drop it. You can't no. fight against me, Roger. I told you.
0: I'm too strong. Margaret! Margaret! Craig! Ah...
4: Uh, Where is he, Martin?
3: The living room. I heard the piano and... Good good Lord.
4: Martin, He's dead. Why? How? He was saying something about a hand.
3: He was in a completely psychotic state as a result of shock and a sense of guilt. The state psychiatrist was coming tomorrow to commit him.
4: Oh, Martin.
3: That hand he brought me wanted me to graft on. I... I don't know where he got it, but I suspect that was behind the whole thing. Behind it? Yes.
4: Well, what do you mean?
3: You don't really think I did graft it on, do you? Why? Well, I... He was desperate, and I had to do something to quiet him. I splinted his left wrist, wrapped it in bandages, and told him not to touch them.
4: Martin, that paper knife in his chest.
3: Which hand is holding it?
4: His right one, his good one.
3: Yes. And still, in a way it's possible that the dead hand,
2: the one he was so concerned about, did guide it. Her eyes wide with awful comprehension, Lorna stares at her husband, then down at Roger Blaine's body as, somewhere in the silent house, a clock starts chiming for, murder. Murder.
5: ...midnight.
2: Remember to be with us again... ...when death stretches out his bony hand... ...and the clocks strike twelve for... Murder at Midnight. With music by Charles Paul, Murder at Midnight is directed by Anton M. Leader. <laughs>